0: really the goal is just to use our stories to bring veterinary medicine to life for the pet caretakers of the world Uh, and we're doing it because we believe that educating these caretakers is the most powerful thing that we can do to improve the life quality of all of the pets that we love okay well good morning or afternoon or evening (laughs) i don't know it's morning here anyway it is morning I'm Dr. Natalie Keith.
1: I'm Dr. Josiah Dame.
0: Northside Veterinary Hospital, and this is Vet Tales. Yes. Yeah, we're both a little frazzled right now, if we're going to be honest. <laughs> um, That's okay. Yeah, it's part of part of the job, you mm-hmm. know. It's just it's been a kind of like a chaotic last um, like thirty minutes, especially knowing that we kind of like have a tight schedule trying to get in here and stuff. So it's easy to get overwhelmed, but um, but anyway, so today this is a tough one, though.
1: It is a tough one.
0: Yeah. Yesterday, uh, I believe it was, was, um, uh, according to Bethany, our office manager, uh, Rainbow Bridge Day. Mm-hmm. Um, which I guess, that, like, is that something that everybody just, like, knows? like rain- no. That Rainbow Bridge is, like...
1: Oh, like, that's, like, what people talk about? Probably not. Yeah. Because I don't think I knew about it until way later.
0: Yeah, like, I was... I was definitely like, I remember, so basically we're talking about euthanasia, right? And so it'd be in these euthanasia appointments and um, I, I noticed there was this pattern of people that would say like the rainbow bridge <laughs> at some point during that, that journey, that yeah. process.
1: I think it comes from a poem. It
0: is. I looked it up this yes. morning, actually. I've never read the poem. I refuse to do so.
1: Yes. I I don't think I've read it all the way through. I think I've started it a couple times. People typically will post said poem, which I'm sure if you Google, you'll find it.
0: Yeah. There's um, actually a website, because that's what I did. It's yeah. the Rainbow Bridge, like, webpage. but then, like, the author's anonymous.
1: Okay. It, it's very popular. Um, yeah. That a lot of people will um, get it on plaques and things. Yeah and things like that so yeah
0: yeah it's um yeah so Rainbow Bridge Day is basically what's it, it is what we are going to use as the um cause for us springboard yeah to talk about euthanasia
1: euthanasia which is not the f- most fun topic no obviously it's not fun at all
0: but um, it's it but it is as much as it is not it's fun important.
1: so important it's very important it's yeah. not fun but it's very important
0: yeah like I so my first memory of like euthanasia in general is me being um, interested for the first time in becoming a veterinarian and like I was talking to my dad and um, I was like I don't know if I I don't know if I can do it like mm-hmm. I don't know if I can do it and he said well honey you have to be strong enough to be there for the ones that need you like you can't save them all but you have to be strong enough to be there for the ones that need you and that was like the statement that changed my I guess mind about being wi- willing to confront that yeah fear
1: yeah because it definitely when you talk about the job of being a veterinarian mm-hmm. euthanasia comes up because everyone most knows so that yeah it, and they know that that's p- part of our job and they're like I can never do it and yeah, like, sometimes it's
0: tough. Yeah. Yeah.
1: It Sometimes it's really taxing. And you, you
0: What did you think about euthanasia before you went into, like, the field? Like, just, like, when you first started thinking about being a veterinarian?
1: Um, it's, I knew that it was, so, my introduction to Northside was mm-hmm. emergency hours years, years, years ago. Um, where my dog had been hit by a car and Tracy euthanized dusty
0: i did not realize this was before we were clients and then we became
1: clients after that um and how i was introduced to y'all as a clinic and seeing because i tried to take him home um with that situation and i tried to push through um with pain medication and see if he'd recover and he didn't yeah Um, and we did end up euthanizing and just how gentle and kind y'all were so my view of euthanasia, I'd never had a bad experience yeah. because my euthanasias have been through y'all, actually. <laughs> of the ones that, that at least I remember yeah. as a more so high school, middle school adult. Um, so when they're gentle, it's peaceful, which is the goal. Yeah. What does euthanasia mean?
0: Good death. Good, Good death. passing. Yeah. Good
1: passing in Latin. Are yeah. Like Latin? Yeah. Yeah. So that's yep. the goal um, is that Hey, my my dog was suffering Mm -hmm. and we were able to let him pass peacefully. Yeah. And not be in pain anymore.
0: Yeah. So I have
1: good experiences with it. Yes. Before I became a veterinarian. And then because of that, I want to continue that pattern.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah, because Mother Nature is stinking brutal.
1: It's brutal. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I mean, like, I guess as we're having this conversation, I have all these memories flooding in my head. Yeah. Um, This is
1: like a. Just personal memory time. Probably. Yeah,
0: it yeah. is a little bit, and um, and it is. It's like we talked about earlier today. Like it's a. It can be emotionally triggering for people. Mm. Um, even for us, because a lot of how we yeah. survive this is to is to compartmentalize. And but then when you're like, in this situation where you're purposefully bringing this all to the front. Yes. Um, but so, so I, I go through these conversations with clients and I reflect on my own personal experiences a lot to help them kind of like navigate as well. And, um, I, I find there's like a lot of times there's like this, uh, parent situation. So like we might have like a mom or a dad or both in there with this older patient that's, you know, clearly terminal. Mm -hmm. And yet we have younger kids in the family that are, um, not on board. No, and, uh, with with moving forward, which is super normal for not everybody in the family to like be on the same page. Yeah. Um, so my next memory with uh, euthanasia was I, I was seventeen. Now we grew up on the farm in rural Oklahoma. Veterinary medicine was a very different mm-hmm. thing back then. This has been you know been twenty three years ago now. Yeah. And my old dog looking back i i know now that she was an old labrador that had diabetes like i can i i know that now but at the time i i didn't really have like that background or that that foundation of knowledge and i just knew that my dad one day decided to take her in and have her put down and i was so angry with him because i felt like he murdered her which is you know a lot of people walk into that thinking it's like Murder, which um, is a really harsh and scary word.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, But it gets applied a lot. Like when I hear families going through this decision making process, like there will be someone in in the family sometimes that is like saying that that's how they feel like it is. Um, Because it is a very heavy decision to make.
1: And no one grieves the same either. Yeah so you can never definitely in family situations when it's not just like one or two owners it's like a whole family people uh, definitely younger kids who haven't experienced loss before right this is gonna be a grieving process that they've never been through before so this is the first time they've experienced it so they're not going to experience it or get through it as quickly as some other people may yes and some people you know Don't show any emotion um, as they're going through it, and that's not wrong either, because everyone processes grief differently.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Yeah, it was interesting, like what you're saying about like people not having, you know, like with when they haven't experienced that kind of loss before in in terms of death, especially to of a loved one of of any kind what um, they were so there's this uh, website called the lap of love which yes. is a great website resource. Great resource yeah and they um it's two veterinarians who started a um like an in-home euthanasia service we don't actually have it in oklahoma or at least
1: i think they're trying to get it in oklahoma city, city. or they may have yeah. a vet in oklahoma city but i think it's one
0: yeah it's but. not yeah we don't have it where we are per se but in general like if you know if you're in a in a more populated area, um, certainly that it exists, and um, they they've compiled like this this really great resource um, for veterinarians as a whole. Um, and I was reading it kind of of just briefly this morning, kind of just thinking about it. And they were talking about this interesting trend that um, they've noticed since they created their their business or you know or, or organization group, and um, that that essentially like let's say you have a family, right? Mm-hmm family a and they have a old dog let's say a golden retriever with cancer um and as that pet is going through this terminal journey like this uh, this family a will maybe go through all of these things and and all of this time and all of these like try you know try different like therapies or regimens or medications or, or whatever like supports and um they uh, will go, let's say, six months through a journey. Yeah. And the pet will reach this this very critical stage before they go to euthanasia. The same family, let's say, has, uh, a, you know, two years later, their 10-year-old is now 12-year-old, and now this 10-year-old has the exact same cancer and it's the exact same thing. They may only go through, like, a month. Yes. Because it, they recognize, like, because I think we all have this it. fear of, like, giving up too soon or like we feel like we're quitting or we we want to try everything or like we just are are uncomfortable with with saying goodbye which of course is normal yeah but like when you've seen what mother nature does through that process you become less willing to see your beloved pet have to go through all of those things when you know what the
1: yeah is gonna be and i mean i've been through that um you probably remember jack Mm -hmm. and he had a lung tumor Yep. um probably maybe cancer somewhere else too eventually and we just tried to manage him palliatively we did not even do chemo we just did steroids and and some other medications for symptoms and um, which is never wrong Um,
0: none of this is wrong
1: none of this is wrong yeah uh so we were just doing more palliative care just to kind of make him comfortable and I, you know, I, we saw him go through pretty yeah. much like most end stage things of life. And at the very end, we did opt to euthanize. Yeah. And now that I've been through that and saw how skinny he got, et cetera, et cetera, um, personally, I may not go through that again if yeah. I, yeah, I may, you know, do it a little sooner than mm-hmm. what I would have done for Jack. Um,
0: absolutely. Yeah. I, uh, when I was at, at just out of vet school, um, my husband's 17-year-old border collie uh, developed bladder cancer. And she actually, um, you know, prior to her, bladder cancer was, like, spry. Mm-hmm. Like, did all the normal dog things and was just happy as a clam. Um, and, and she initially responded really well to treatment um, for the bladder cancer and then eventually it rel- relapsed. And um, it, my my husband did not, like, he felt like I was in a better position to like understand what was going on and decide these things. And then I was simultaneously like, Oh, I'm not going to decide for (laughs) for your dog. You know, I mean, she'd been my dog for like, gosh, I don't know, eight years by then too. But it was definitely, you know, she was nine years old when we first um, uh, started dating. And so, um, you know, whatever, all this to be said, I learned the very hard way a thing that I say to clients all the time now, which is that, um, the only way to know that you're not a little bit early is if you're way too late. Yeah. Because everybody's yeah. looking for this, like, right time. Like, like, this is the day. This is the right time. I'm yeah. not too early. I'm not too late. That doesn't exist.
1: Yeah. And it really doesn't. And I've been through that, too, with, like, a cat where I was like, oh, I don't think it's time. And then, sadly, I lost her at home. Yeah. Which ended up being more traumatic than if I had... Um, you know, euthanized her when she was doing pretty poorly prior. So I've kind of experienced all spectrums um, of that. And that's really like losing a pet at home. A lot of people, that's kind of what they idolize that maybe we'll just um, pass in our sleep. Um, Her situation, she was a heart cat. So she had heart disease. Uh So I knew that she was kind of a ticking time bomb. She wasn't feeling uh, well a couple weeks before. And then I came home one day um, after being gone for, for the day and we found her passed away and that was really hard. Yeah. Cause I was like, we weren't here.
0: Yes. Um, and so then you're worried about like, well, what, what was going on, going during, on that time. during
1: that time. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. It's, you don't know until you don't know when the right time would have been until you're past the right time almost.
0: Yeah. 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 You know, and I think it's interesting like that, like you were saying, like that idealization of this passing at home or whatever. Um, you know, it is, it does happen. Like I was, I was telling Dr. Dame earlier today, I'd had a um, 14 year old um, Catahoula mix that we had rescued when I was in butt school from a guy who broke his hip and couldn't take care of her. (laughs) Anyway, so she, uh, she was like four when she came to us and we had her for a decade and she always had this spot in the yard that she liked to, um, beside the house, where she kind of like wallowed out this little kind of like, this little, like, I don't know, bed Mm -hmm. in the ground essentially and she loved to sleep there and so she went outside one day and then um i went out to go like you know check on her or whatever because i thought she you know whatever which should be coming in at that point and um she was just curled up asleep and passed away Mm -hmm. um which is just astronomically rare
1: yeah
0: and so some people then like freak out like they feel like that they did something wrong by, like, not catching that, but that's just not it either.
1: No, it's not. Uh -uh. Uh-uh. Yeah. It's it's,
0: so unique.
1: It is very unique. I don't feel like it's the norm Uh -uh. for that to happen. Um,
0: Well, and every, like, transition is unique. Like, every... Depending on so many factors. Like, what is that? There's not a great... I think that's why there's so much, like, unknown is because it is so personal for every animal
1: yeah even if you give you know the same pet and the same disease the timeline from being sick to you have a chronic illness slash terminal illness to why or when you euthanize is going to be different right because there are external factors yeah um that are out of our control a lot of times um yeah Finances do come into a play, obviously, Mm -hmm. Um, definitely with these terminal illnesses, um, where there may be some kind of symptomatic therapy, but it's extremely cost prohibitive for some people, Um, and and in those tough situations, um, euthanasia may be decided on a little earlier. Um, Again, not wrong, Um, if it's going to prevent suffering of the, the pet.
0: Yeah, well, yeah, and there's you know physical barriers too. Like it, if you're um, if you're less able-bodied at some point, and you have a, a large dog, then you're not going to be able to consider some things that you might be able to do if you are more physically able and have a sm- or, and or have a, a smaller pet. Exactly. Um, there's you know I think of this one dog that comes to mind. There was this big German Shepherd, and he went into renal failure and the owners actually drove him all the way to dallas for dialysis at like twelve thousand dollars a treatment um but they were they were able to financially Mm -hmm. and they were um able physically to help this dog because he's a big big german shepherd hundred pounds easy getting him in and out of the vehicle they could they could make the drive they had the flexibility in their schedule And, and 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 still yet like he only Probably, I think maybe like three months extra yeah. that we received with him, yeah. which maybe uh, it's totally okay for that to be um, the the path you choose, and it's also totally okay for it to not be the path you choose.
1: Yeah, and that's where it breaks down is everyone's situation is different. Yeah. And so we are here to offer gold standard recommendations when it comes to these terminal things and or chronic things. Yeah,
0: so clients can decide for themselves.
1: Decide for yourself, yes, at the end of the day, um, because it is your family that you're deciding for. um,
0: What do you say when people ask you, because I get this question all the time, so I'm sure you do too, um, they say, what would you do if he were your pet?
1: Yeah, majority of the time I do tell people I have not been through this. Before, um, because personally I have not had a pet with diabetes. I have uh, a personal pet, um, so if someone were asking me that, I'd be like, "Well, here is what medically is recommended." Yeah. You know, I personally have not had a pet with diabetes, but this is what I recommend. Um, that's a t- such a tough question. On occasion, if it's cancer related, because I have some older dogs who have had cancer, I've had a dog with a broken back, I will say, "You know, this is my experience," and I'll tell them a story. But yeah. I said, "But here's gold standard." here's what's recommended medically you do end up having to make your own decision in this situation
0: you want to tell people what gold standard means
1: yeah gold standard is essentially the papered recommended kind of protocol for treatment
0: yeah. an illness like removing so all barriers removing
1: all barriers
0: here's what we could potentially here's what do you
1: could potentially do so if like finances aren't a concern if um you know you are willing to or have the time to drive yeah. a patient to a different like city to get treatment
0: physical constraints time restraints financial restraints emotional restraints
1: exactly do this then this is gold standard so the probably the easiest one to talk about would be like lymphoma um So a cancer. Yeah. Gold standard would be to go get chemotherapy. Yeah. Um, And like I said earlier, for my dog Jack, gold standard may have been some kind of chemotherapy, maybe a surgery, um, but due to the location, probably not. Um, But that may have been gold standard, but due to my family probably not having the time to drive him to Dallas or Oklahoma uh, state at the time or Tulsa um, to, to have those things done um, we opted for steroids and just palliative care until we were mm-hmm. like okay his quality of life has diminished enough that it's time for him
0: yeah yeah, yeah and it, it is it's like it's hard because I never want someone to think because I'm um, I'm saying this is gold standard like that that like you're like silver or bronze <laughs> you're yeah. not choosing yeah. that because I wouldn't you know, yes. I, and I'll, I I, think maybe over the years I have been, become more vocal about what I really would do in that situation. Granted, you never know until you're in that situation. Like, yeah. you know, like if I were, you know, abducted in a parking lot, what would you do? Like until you're in that situation, you don't know. Yeah. But you can think it through and just be like you know, here's what I've seen. With other patients of mine that have pursued this, this is what this looked like.
1: And I have done that. I've, mm-hmm. I've gone, okay, here's, yeah, this is what I've seen. Yeah. This is the, the roadblocks that they hit while they were doing it.
0: This is the, the success that they found with this. You know, this is what they valued in it um, or felt like wasn't worth it. Here's a um, side
1: effect I saw yeah. with this, you know, them going to get the gold standard. Yeah. Yeah,
0: um, yeah. and so, and I think like at the end of the day, Clients just really don't, I think, they value our opinion, mm-hmm. but they also fear our judgment. And, and and so I really try hard to, like, make sure I'm clear about, like, I support you with whatever you decide. Like, if you want to go to chemo, I support you, and I'm going to help you do that. And if you're like, nope, this isn't for us, I'm going to support you in that. Like, I remember one time I had um, a boxer. She was pretty young, like maybe seven, and she developed lymphoma. And... Um. so like the way it works at our hospital a lot of times is the client checks in for an appointment the technician starts the appointment kind of gets like oriented with what the client's goal is for that day you know why they're there and then comes back and gets the doctor so what happened this day was that essentially you know the boxer comes in and um her name's Lexi and uh, my technician gets her checked in and my technician comes back and she's just got like crocodile tears falling down her face. And she says, Dr. Keith, I just can't do it. She's wagging her tail and she's happy and she just looks great and they want to euthanize. And I took the chart from her and like to like figure out what patient we're talking yeah. about. Cause a lot of times, to be honest, like we don't look at our schedules ahead of time because you don't have time. Yeah. And I, I said, you know, look, here's what this dog weighed last time. This was two weeks ago. She's lost eight pounds in yep. two weeks. These owners don't want to see the day when her little tail and her little booty doesn't wag when yep. she comes in. And this dog is dying, mm-hmm. and it is okay to say goodbye before she is suffering. And it's, I know it's hard to take a happy patient and say goodbye, but like sometimes that's a choice the family makes in that gray space, and um,
1: it's not the wrong choice.
0: It's not the wrong choice it's a hard choice. Yep. It's never not hard if it's hard, if it's not hard like maybe that's when you need to like be evaluating yeah you know whenever euthanasia becomes not hard that's a question mm-hmm. that you need to be soul checking on maybe but um, but there's not a wrong choice when you know that you believe you're making the right decision for the pet and your family as a whole
1: Yes and this is obviously we're talking about like terminal illnesses we know that this patient will succumb to this disease when's the time well that's not the wrong time
0: i I, another like true fact um one of my next appointments today which i'm not sure i going to go like there i'll probably cry before today's over on this but it's a an aggressive dog he's perfectly healthy but he's hurting the family and uh, is a danger to um you know he's he's hurt another dog and and um, and there's small children involved. and I have um, I have done those euthanasias with a heavy heart. Uh, there was I remember a Great Dane once that um, ran up behind. there was a little girl and her friend in the yard and they were running around playing catch. And the great Dane just came up over her shoulder and just bit her shoulder and like had to take her to the hospital and um, the dog had been exhibiting some like odd, weird aggressive behaviors over the past few months coming up to that. And the owners were like, we can't, I mean it's a hundred and. 40 pound dog Mm -hmm. and we had to say goodbye to that dog and it's it's gut-wrenching but it's not wrong it's also not wrong to continue to try to find a way to manage that dog but I um I choose when possible to always just completely be supportive of the client
1: yeah I I agree and I've been in those rooms too where they have tried everything and it still wasn't helping the aggression and we did have to opt to euthanize and that those are the hardest mm-hmm. hardest euthanasia is probably um yeah those are those are really tough yeah yeah
0: it is um but you know it's a beautiful thing um in, in general euthanasia like so those are difficult those are brutal but as a whole i i want those people who are afraid of it to realize what a blessing it can be mm-hmm. um like this is probably tmi but I'm kind of a TMI person. Uh, so my dad, I've referenced a couple times in this in this podcast, um, he developed cancer. And um, watching him pass was the way that I really And this was before I was a veterinarian. So I was in vet school when he passed away. Um, I found out he had cancer um, like two months into vet school. And he passed away the, the December of my second year. And um, watching that process was when I went. Oh. this is a gift that we have in veterinary medicine to not ask these animals to go through those last stages of the body trying to hold on when it cannot anymore anymore and it's a gift to be able to give them that euthanasia that good passing because passing is inevitable yep it is but the good part doesn't come for everybody no so yeah it's heavy
1: it is heavy it's a heavy, heavy podcast today,
0: but... But important.
1: Important. And knowing that we, as veterinarians, are here to give you options and support you in what you decide I'm yeah. doing.
0: Yeah. Education so that you can choose what's right for your family.
1: Yes. And um, Lap of Love, the company that Natalie referenced, has a wonderful website yeah. with a lot of awesome resources if you're currently in this situation. Um, they have- And
0: also post situation like grief recommendations like how to process the grief like all that stuff's on there
1: yeah they they have like yeah they have links to grief counseling yeah Uh um and they also have um one thing that they used to do i'm not sure if they do it anymore i haven't checked their website but they used to have a calendar that you just like put a happier sad face on. i love that It's, it's my favorite thing to tell people when you're in that gray zone get a calendar take away the thought from it don't like trying to calculate oh well he ate two things of chicken today yeah just put a sad face or a happy face like what emotion did you feel like the dog or you experienced that day with how the day went
0: yeah cuz our brains are so trippy at being like so bad day bad day bad day bad day bad day bad day good day good oh day. wait <laughs> never mind we don't need to consider euthanasia and then like you'll have a whole nother string of bad days yeah but when you look at this calendar that's like 80% sad, sad. faces you need to be like thinking about the big picture which helps you kind of step back from the tree to see the forest. Exactly. So yeah.
1: And I love the calendar and I've had a lot of people do that. And they've, um, I wish I would have done that for Jack. I know I bring up Jack, but he got to the end stage where yeah. he was, um, a body condition score, which is basically how, you know, much muscle or yeah. fat you have. Um, one is none. Nine is you're very overweight. He was probably a two, like he was very skinny because mm-hmm. of his cancer and seeing that, looking back on that, I wish I wouldn't have waited. Yeah. Um, but again,
0: mm-hmm. you don't. Yeah, you so know. what was it that finally was like your moment where you were like, oh, it's time?
1: Yeah. I. He was eating well um, up until that, that last time.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: I was gone taking finals and I came home and it was kind of like a... A light bulb where you're like whoa you come home after being gone for a second and you go oh no yeah we waited i like so it
0: was sort of stepping back from the tree to see the forest it
1: totally was because then i i from not seeing him for a few weeks and then coming back i was like oh no yeah um and granted some of that happened like some while, of the loss gone, happened yeah, while yeah. i was gone obviously because eight weeks and uh, eight pounds in two weeks is definitely a thing that we see um but after i got back i went I called y'all I was an assistant at the time and I was like I have to do it today yeah and so
0: yeah which I know I know we're kind of like getting low on time for our service calls but that does bring up two other really important points that I want to just briefly mention which is one if you're waiting like I know we said there's not a right or wrong time, but like if you get too close to the end and they become in a place where they're really struggling and suffering, you may find yourself in an emergency hospital somewhere you've never been before with people who are exhausted and your dog doesn't know them and you don't know them and it's not a great situation. So one one benefit of kind of being, making that decision proactively is that you have a little more control over yep. when and where and how. Yep. Um, and the other thing, like, I think about, so Lap of Love does say that you should not tell clients, and I still do it anyway, so I'm sorry, Dr. Gardner, um, you'll just know. You'll know. Because I think sometimes it is true. Like, clients will say that, like, I just got up, and he looked at me, and I just knew. And I had that experience with one of my dear, dear pets, Hadley, um, whom I love dearly to this day, and and I just came home, and I, I looked at him, and he looked at me, and I was like, okay. Yeah.
1: Th- that's kind of what happened with Jack. And he was happy to see me. Yeah. But I was just like.
0: Yeah, same. But you could yeah. just, you just see like I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, so like if you ever have that moment, you know. Chills. Yeah. I like, chills. yeah, for sure. Yeah, like I almost choked up, but I didn't because yeah. I'm a grown up. <laughs> On a podcast live. So I did not cry. But I, you know, it's like, yeah, it's it's real and it's heavy and we're we're with you in that journey. Like sometimes we that's cry safe. during euthanasias. Mm-hmm with you
1: and we try to hold it together yeah it's usually I cry after you together.
0: leave there if you're ever like I can't believe she took care of him for 10 years and then didn't cry oh I cried yeah you just didn't see it yeah so um, there's yeah grief is yeah. is that is, is real for all of us
1: it is but and it we, doesn't
0: make it less of a blessing yes to help them pass well To help
1: them pass well and comfortable yeah versus struggle mother nature yeah. yeah she's
0: brutal at times So, okay, anyway, uh, if you guys ever have questions about it, um, you know, reach out because that's, um, it's a big deal, and we're here for you, and there's resources everywhere. Again, lap of love, not laps, otherwise you'll end up at a marathon site. Just one lap. One lap. (laughs) One lap of love.
1: And they are awesome. Mm
0: -hmm. They are. Okay, Um, we appreciate y'all and being in this with us. Um, Have a great one. Bye.